You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for the World Arm Wrestling League this week. I'm your host Neil Pickup, and it is on. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, World Arm Wrestling League this week, show number 19. And I'm excited to get this one done because I'll tell you something, I'm going on holiday tomorrow. And if you in real time out there are thinking it's all about the outcome of 505, I'm doing this show before 505 has taken place. So while I'm away on holiday, I'll be excitedly watching the outcome of those matches and I can't wait. Tulsa is going to be an outstanding card. So many pulls on there that could go either way. And it'll be really interesting for me personally to see how many of these matches I can predict accurately. Arguably, this card has created more chat, more conversation, more opinion than maybe any other card of the year. And whilst everybody may believe that it's all about the heavyweights, two enormous matches are going to take place in Tulsa. Ermi's Gasparini. The Italian superstar, the gladiator, finally making his debut in the World Arm Wrestling League. And if you want to talk about baptism of fire, he'll get his account opened by taking on the wild horse, Matt Mask. What an incredibly intriguing match that one is. And I've gone backwards and forwards in who I think is going to win this one. Everybody knows just how strong the wrist and hand of Hermes Gasparini are. Everybody knows how lethal that top role of the Italian can be. He's faced some of the biggest men, some of the strongest men in the sport, including, and very notably, the current World Arm Wrestling League hammer holder, Monster Michael Todd, where he did outstandingly well. But I think it's going to come down to how well can Hermes adjust to the World Arm Wrestling League. He'll never have faced anyone quite like Matt Mask, a man that I don't think you can go anywhere in the world to emulate. Who? really gives you the same look that Mask will give you. Once again, arguably the nearest look you're going to find out there will be somebody like Vitali Lalatin. And with his commitments in the top eight, it's unlikely that we will see the skyscraping Russian popping up on a World Arm Wrestling League roster anytime soon. But as I say, people might think it's all about the heavyweights, but the chat, the social media buzz, has really surrounded the potential match between Quinlan, Q Mendez and Danny Tesh of Australia. In typical, unbiased Aussie fashion, the Australians have been very vocal about the fact that their man is going to shock a lot of people and really launch his career with a bang in the World Arm Wrestling League. Are you a believer? Many people supporting Quinlan Mendes certainly are not, and they feel like their man is ready, is set, and based on his superior experience within the World Arm Wrestling League and an unmatched level of heart, desire and tenacity, will win this match and reign on the Australians' parade. Whichever way you see it, one thing that you cannot deny is that potentially this could be the match of the night. Mendez, a man we know is a warrior. Danny Tesh, a man that fewer people know shares a lot of the same qualities, that tenacity a seemingly bottomless well of endurance and truly extraordinary athleticism. 
I feel like questions could be asked of both athletes in this matchup. Danny Tesh could be tested in a way that he's never been tested before. He will certainly need to put the brakes on Quinlan Mendes early. Well, Q isn't the fastest arm wrestler in the middleweight division. I think his explosivity is often underrated, and he is certainly quicker than Danny Tesh. Is he stronger? I really don't think so. Has he got better endurance? I really don't think so. Has he got more heart? Quite possibly. Who do I see winning the match? Right now, I'm going with Danny Tesh in a war. Do I believe Quinlan Mendes is capable of winning the match? Absolutely. But I really believe that a key to victory from the man from the US is going to need to be speed. I don't feel he can sit in there, as many people do, in a power battle with Danny Tesh. Having seen the Australian puller sit in a hook with relentless Frodo Hoagland, I feel that Danny Tesh is something very, very special in any kind of slow inside pull. And to win, I think Quinlan's got to capitalise very early and either top roll or drag hook Tesh to the pad as quickly and efficiently as he possibly can. You do not want to fight the Australian in a phone box. I've never seen Quinlan Mendes take a backward step in his life, but my advice for him in this match to gain the victory would be run, Forrest. For Danny Tesh, almost the opposite. He must remain calm and adapt to the rule system. He's not used to it right now. He needs to get acclimatised quickly and do what he does. Get the brakes on. Keep it close. Keep it tight. Make it ugly. Make it about endurance. And if he can do that, I think that Danny Tesh will be the second Australian to make an outstanding debut in a World Arm Wrestling League Supermatch card. I'm going to go Danny Tesh 3-1. The ladies match on this card, Tatiana Faria and Victoria Carlson, is once again ultra intriguing. Two ladies that have met before with Tatiana Faria taking the honours last time out. I feel like on this occasion... I see the favourite as Victoria Carlson. I think Carlson is developing at a rapid rate and now she looks to be gaining confidence, gaining a level of comfort within the World Arm Wrestling League. And I think that it could carry the Swede to a levelling victory over a Brazilian counterpart. The key to victory for Carlson, I believe, will be good, old-fashioned, raw horsepower. For Tatiana Faria, I believe the key to victory is once again speed and keeping control of the hand and wrist. If she can put Victoria Carlson onto the B-side early and stay connected to her wrist and shoulder, she does have the ability to finish the Swede. I think round one of this match is unbelievably important for both athletes and I feel that the arm wrestler who secures victory in round one will go on to dominate and get a 3-0 win. I've got Carlson. I could very well be wrong. I'm not sure how far into today's show we actually are at this stage, but I'm amazed at myself getting this far in without talking about our next match. The main event in World Arm Wrestling League 505 is going to be Jerry, the Ginger Dreadman, Cataret, against my guest last week, Todd Zilla, Todd Hutchins. And wow, 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 what a match! For any arm wrestling purist out there, you will be absolutely talked at the proposition of this one. From the perspective of power, very, very few athletes out there are in the league of the two arm wrestlers that will face each other in the main event in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 
Jerry Cadaret must be ultra-motivated coming into this one. He knows that he stands on the precipice of that title shot in Atlanta if he can get through the significant threat presented by Todd Zilla. In Hutchins, the man surely has very little to lose. This is a guy that made his name in the middleweight division and has been a force in the heavyweight class of the World Arm Wrestling League. But what makes this match so intriguing is the style in which he's become a force. This is a man who relies upon, feeds upon, and excels in the realm of top-end strength. Crazy, almost inhuman levels of side pressure. But can he get the brakes on Big Red? If he does... Fasten up your chin straps, because it is going to get bumpy. And whilst every fibre of my being is telling me that I must be nuts to bet against Jerry Cadaret, I just have a strange feeling that Todd Hutchins can pull this one out. Stylistically, I genuinely believe that he has enough arm strength to get the brakes on, and if he can do that, if he can stop Jerry... I really think he may be able to outlast him, and that's an incredible claim, knowing that Jerry Cadaret can go seven, eight minutes with the monster hanging off his arm and finish. We saw him do it with John Brazink. We've seen him do it with Michael Todd and others. Jerry really is an animal. But as I say, I got Hutchins on this one, and I'm going to go 3-2 Toddzilla in what I genuinely believe could be an incredible, classic arm wrestling match for the ages. In terms of keys to victory, I see Hutchins dangerous late, Jerry Cadaret dangerous early. Hutchins has to make it a battle of endurance, of side pressure, get the match where he likes it to be and make it ugly. For Jerry Cadaret, we've all seen that Todd Hutchins sometimes struggles to adjust early in the match. He takes a hit early in matches. And I feel like Jerry must make sure that Todd hasn't got time to settle into the arm wrestling match. He's got to get that shoulder in, committed, and drive down quick to finish Toddzilla. Because I feel like if Todd can get the brakes on, he could achieve by far his most impressive supermatch victory to date within the World Arm Wrestling League. One more match that we haven't discussed is the encounter in the lightweight division with the local boy, the Hailraiser, Jeff Hale, a massive favourite on most people's cards against a returning Adam Wilmot. I can tell you this, Wilmot certainly isn't overhauled by the task. He's coming into this match revved, ready, focused and powerful. The man is in fabulous physical condition and he is so hungry to get out there and prove the doubters wrong. Is Wilmot capable of doing so? Who knows? I personally think that the favourite, Jeff Hale, is the favourite for a reason. The Hale Razor is a very, very experienced supermatch arm wrestler and I think that he has the tools to take Adam down. But again, you get the feeling that Adam Wilmot just could pull off something special. He's a bigger man. He's a young man. He has a powerful hand and wrist and a dangerous top roll. Stranger things have happened in the World Arm Wrestling League. And if enthusiasm is anything to go by, Adam Wilmot would convince you that he will win in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I personally see it for Jeff Hale, but I don't think it's going to be the one-sided match that a lot of people do. 
Adam Wilmot has a natural size advantage on his side. Wilmot has absolutely nothing to lose and a massive amount of hunger and desire for this one. I feel like that could make him go that extra mile and he could actually cause Hale some problems early, particularly if the hometown hero takes Wilmot lightly and if he's been reading the comments on social media or watching any of the Australian review shows, then he hopefully hasn't believed his own hype. To do so, could see him suffer an upset loss against a hungry young man, who's not lacking talent and at his best could be dangerous. I see this one for Hale, I believe that his experience will carry him through, but watch for early shocks from Adam Wilmot. One man who I'm sure will be watching that lightweight match very, very closely will be tonight's guest on the show. He was under pressure himself in World Arm Wrestling League's 504 event and making a return to the series, he arm wrestled probably more impressively than he's ever done in any prior supermatch. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest tonight is none other than the ultra-endearing, natural, Jamie Sheldon. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I have got the natural Jamie Sheldon on the phone, live and direct from California. Jamie, mate, what an event 504 was. I can honestly say that uh, you kicked the show off in fine fashion. And I don't know how it felt for you, mate, but I can honestly say I'm not sure I've ever seen you arm wrestle better than that in your life. You looked very, very... You, you really showed up that night, mate. Yeah, and uh, first and foremost, Neil, I want to thank you and Steve and all the rest of the staff for the opportunity. And uh, you're absolutely right. I don't think I've ever showed up, planned, executed in that fashion. I mean, there's always hiccups and different things in, in events and that you have to go through and, and adapt. And I had a game plan, and I told you exactly what I was going to do. I told Bart what I was going to do, knowing mm. that he'd probably foul me, which he did. That's why I was kind of laughing. But I, I knew how I had to beat Alan three times and i mean as you saw the third match was a little bit harder than the other ones because uh he adjusted and uh long story short I, I basically executed exactly what i needed to do to, to win that match and and i had to do that i mean that was for a lot of reasons the biggest match of my career now obviously the, there could be people out there who aren't as familiar with uh, with alan fisher um those that are are obviously very familiar what a threat that man represents it's fair to say that despite the fact that he's in the twilight of his career, he's 63 years old now, he is, I want to say, a completely unique individual. I mean, yes, I, I've been in this sport for over 30 years, um, and I, I can't recall seeing probably uh, anybody, with the possible exception of people with gigantism disorders like Matthias Schlitter, Oleg uh, Zoik, and people of that nature, who are naturally equipped with the weaponry for the table, right. for the sport that, that that Alan Fisher's got. On a 165-pound man, he is just kitted out immeasurably. He's like he's been to the arm wrestling shop and cleared the shop shelf. He, he really is, mate, isn't he? Yeah. No, yeah he, no, go ahead, we, go ahead, Neil. I was going to say, we, we spoke that morning. I want to sort of wind people back a little bit here. We, we caught up uh, the morning of the event. And you won't know this, but we did a we did a piece with Alan, and he said, "Look, I'm going to be honest with you, Jamie. 
has beaten me a couple of times, last two times out. And before that, Jamie never beat me. He's never beaten me before that. I always beat Jamie. Right. And and I was in a little bit of a slump and I've had some issues and I had a lot of injuries and things of that nature. And he didn't sound like he was just, you know, making this stuff. He's a very genuine guy. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was giving it to me genuinely. He said, tonight, Jamie gets to pull a fresh, ready, really prepared version of Alan Fisher. And that's a very big difference to any man that he's pulled before. So he was 110% up for this match, Jamie. And when we spoke, maybe an hour later, we spoke about the fact that you were coming into a match with a massive amount of pressure because it's a huge banana skin. You're a young man, prime of your career, you look the part, you're pulling a guy who's 63 years old. But just sort of walk me through how you saw the match coming in, mate, and the kind of pressure mentally that you must have been feeling here. And, you know, you're absolutely right. And he, he was, when we pulled the last couple times, I mean, he even told me he was having some shoulder issues. And this is prior to us even arm wrestling. There was a, an event down here in uh, San Diego that we all kind of, we had this like, uh, round, I know it wasn't a round robin. It was it's an Alan Fisher Invitational, and and he wasn't a hundred percent. I was able to push through his his hand in the strap the last two times I beat him, but even he said he wasn't a hundred percent. And I believe him because the guy I've, I've known the guy fifteen years. He has no reason to lie to me. Um, so going into this, when he told me he was hundred percent, I believed it. And I also heard it from Jeff Hale, who pulled him a month prior at Nationals. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they were locked in a hook war and a hook. Yeah. And Jeff said that Alan felt crazy strong. He's never felt Alan that strong in a hook. And I was standing there watching it like, oh, crap, I got to arm wrestle this guy. <laughs> well, that's an interesting so, thing, isn't it? Because Jeff is known for having that crazy hook power. I mean, let's be honest. He pulled yes. Sam Harris early this year, who's the hammer holder now in the World Arm Wrestling League lightweight division. And if it went anywhere near the hook, Sam, by his own admission, couldn't get near him. So, yeah, alarm bell 101. Right. And I, you know, and I've, I, I love how, and Jeff and I are friends because we, we, we talk all the time. And, and, you know, even before our match, you know, last year I told him, no, I'm going straight at you. I'm going to go through you. Like, I, I, you know, I just have this, it's that ego thing, right? And, and it didn't work out for me. But, you know, and I think, and I don't have the best hook in the world. I don't have the best top role in the world. I think I'm becoming a more well-rounded arm wrestler. And if I could get my my move, whatever it is at the time, depending on who I'm pulling, initiated to, to on my terms, I think I can hang with just about everybody. I'd like to have a couple rematches with some people. But, you know, you know going into pulling Allen, I figured he's going to fly off top roll, probably take my hand, and then I'll have to push through it again, just like I did the last two times. But... Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what happened the third match. That I figured all three or four or five matches would go like that. And a betting man probably would have bet on Alan Fisher because that was the smart bet. And, you know, whoever betted on me, if, if it was a betting sport, you know, they would have cashed in because he, he was definitely, I think, the favorite just, just from his, uh, his history and his clout and the respect the man still has in the sport. Was he the favorite in your mind, Jamie, deep down inside yourself? Did you feel like uh, you were swimming uphill a little bit? Or did you feel like, I've got something for you, mate? <laughs> you know, what, did you go into this with a very confident mindset? Because you seemed very, very relaxed. I wouldn't say confident, certainly not cocky. 
very respectful, but very, very your 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 experience really shone through, both in the match and prior to it. You seemed very, very settled, very at one with yourself uh, in LA. Yeah, after last season, Neil, I, I was battling some hand injuries after pulling Jeff and some elbow injuries after trying to stop Tom, which <laughs> let's, we can get into that at some point. That guy's an amazing uh, rotational long-armed arm wrestler. It's crazy. But um, so I, I was ready to hang it up, man. I, I was dropping things. I think I told you that morning. I Last year, you know, I started dropping things. I was having numb fingers. My elbows were killing me, my, my, mm. my hand. I was ready to just kind of say, well, I'll still be involved in arm wrestling, but I'm not going to make another run at it. So I took six months off. And when I came back early this year, started pulling, I felt phenomenal. I haven't been injury prone. I was going into this match and I told my wife, there's no way I'm losing this match. I got a phone call about this. There's a reason why I'm, I'm pulling this man again and I will not lose. So when I when I was chatting with you, yeah, there's a, there, there was a lot of pressure. I mean, I had to perform if I, if I want to have another shot at pulling in this league. And plus, I needed this win for me. And, you know, I, I was extremely confident. I even, n nothing against Alan Fisher, but I was extremely confident knowing that my game, my strap game was on point. And I figured if, if I'm on point 100%, I'll beat anybody. And I think every elite arm wrestler feels that way. Uh, sure. And, and, and it just worked out in my favor. Now, the, one of the things that people may not expect, mate, when you're pulling a guy of 63 years of age, is that you may envisage that you're going to be required to catch the guy, to basically be able to absorb or soak up that hit. Alan is... A remarkably explosive individual, particularly when you consider his age. But he, he has been throughout his career. I mean, he's got ridiculous fast twitch fiber. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Do you think that that is in the main because of the fact that the people who he arm wrestles feel so blocked, so um, hemmed in by that massive hand? Because it really is all-encompassing. I mean, you put a shot on social media of you guys gripping up and it just looked like man against boy in terms of the hand. He, he has a an enormous hand, and it really does shut you down. You're right, and, and that's the hand I was struggling with for 13 years. It was just, you know, Ron Bath said it the best years ago when I was early in my career, and you guys were all in the States. It was in Vegas, uh, 2006. And uh, somebody was interviewing Ron, might have been Gary Roberts, and he said, a lot of people get to the table and they beat themselves before they pull them because it's Ron Bath. And I think for 13 years, I did that with Alan. I, I, I just figured, I can't get around this guy's hand. I don't know how to initiate a hook. Nobody teaches you how to hook in Southern California. It's all top rollers. Harold mm -hmm. Ryden, sure, nobody hooks. When Vosgen came over, we all realized, hey, this European style, we need to learn it or else we're not going to get better. Mm -hmm. And I, it, for the longest time, I didn't really realize that I'm strong enough to go through people which I probably should have realized years ago because I'm, I'm one of those gym guys that if I, if everything gets connected on my terms, yeah, I'll go through people. And, and I've only recently started doing that the last couple of years, but yeah, when you're arm wrestling a guy with a hand like that, it automatically makes you think, oh, okay, how do I deal with this? And, and to be hundred percent honest, the WAL showed me how to do that. I watched great arm wrestlers. I've watched good arm wrestlers go straight to the strap and they were able to neutralize that hand. So that's all I've worked on. Well, mostly what I've worked on the last few years is just getting my, last couple of years, is just getting my strap game on point and utilizing the tools that I have.
mm-hmm. getting it locked where I need it to go through. I mean, and we went top roll, we went hook, we went sideways flat-handed, and okay, it worked, you know. See, you certainly did get to show a lot of angles there, mate. I mean, I think you, you just summed it up really there. You went in all areas of the table, and it was like, I think I said it on the night, it was like a Jamie Sheldon masterclass. You were you were yeah. almost counter-punching throughout. I don't think you, it could, you know, you weren't really initiating things too much, but you're ability to shut him down to block those hits to block the attacks and he was trying obviously different approaches different attacks in each round uh, and you seem to just be that one step in front did you sort of uh, do any study or prep around where you felt he was going to attack you and, and also try to stay two moves in front by thinking okay round two he's going to shift to this because I know you do have a lot of experience with Alan you've trained with a guy a lot of times I know that both got that goes both ways because of that. But did you do you feel like you knew everything that he could throw at you that night? Yes, and I and and the best training I did for this, the best prep was talking to a few people who who have pulled him and beat him. Um, I mean, you can always watch videos, and I can remember just from feeling his hand and how he's beat me in the past. Um, that helped because I remember, but. Talking with, and I'll throw their names out there now that it's over, Jeff Hale, uh, I mean, obviously, um, Al, uh, um, Harold Ryden and Jake Smith, those are my, my buddies, my training partners. They gave me some mm-hmm. insight. But I don't think either of them have beaten him before but <laughs> in, a, in a tournament. But it was still great to hear that feedback from two different style pullers. But uh, Jeff Hale, Tony Katowski, and Cobra, in fact, called me, you know, when the match was announced. And, and he gave me his insight, which I thought was great uh, to hear from him. And, you know, I had this game plan and then hearing these little things that they told me just and I, and I took it all to the table. I was like a duck on the pond, man. I mean, I had 600 milligrams of caffeine in me, but I was like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling great. I could shake the table right back at him. But I'm like, no, nah, that's not me. I can't mm-hmm. match his intensity. Just like you can't match Jeff's. You just got to let him do his thing. And then you come in as you, which I did. And I remembered exactly what these guys told me. I remembered a little bit of rising pressure that Jeff told me. And Tony told me not to squeeze my hand, you know, when, you know, just cup, cup, kind of like a cupping strength in the strap. Don't squeeze because it'll take away my wrist. And that's where my wrist was lacking, uh, you know, because I was trying to squeeze in the strap and I was getting top rolled by these guys, you know, mm-hmm. previously. And, and then, of course, Cobra, you know, told me a lot as well, you know, locking into my lat and just it's amazing to hear from these guys that are that are elite level arm wrestlers and they love Alan and, you know, and they have respect for me. So they're helping me out. And I think, you know, some people did actually want to see me win that match, even though it's, it's the legend and you never want to see him lose, but it had to happen. Right. Well, the funny thing is, mate, I think um, we discussed it earlier on. One of the, the one of the reasons that, w- that so much pressure was attached to this match was probably because, and I know you were very conscious of it, probably because you were both thinking, look, I've almost got to perform here because this may be the last chance saloon, certainly in this promotion. I mean, Alan, uh, just because of the fact that he is uh, 63 years of age and he's been there and he's, you know, he's been on the T-shirt so many times with yourself. You've always been that guy that's been right there on the fringes, you know. But I think, to be fair, Jamie, it's only the last two to three years where you're really starting to mature into your arm wrestling. I mean, as I say, I've never seen you pull better. I've never seen you pull more... Uh, diversely than you did the other day. And most impressive for me was your calmness, your whole demeanour and approach at the table. 
seemed to be. It, uh, even in the last round, where your hand and wrist got sacrificed a little bit, you never looked flustered. You never look. You you sort of looked like okay, this is what we prepped. You know, you know, like right. you were almost like you were going through a drill. Like you knew it was coming. You knew this situation could present itself, and you were very much ready to adapt and to uh, amend your style and technique as required, really, mate. Yeah, and I, and I, like I said earlier, I planned exactly for that third match scenario, which luckily, my endurance is, is fine. It's better than it was you know, last year, of course. And yeah, you know, you, you prep, you plan, and this was, I had to win this match for like, you know, it's just so many reasons. You know, I came off last year, I, I think I blew my, my wad with Jeff just trying to prove something, probably because we're friends. I don't know. And then I had to pull the unknown, Tom, which, wow, I'd like to just train with him. Then I can try to figure out how to deal with that long arm, which just doesn't make any sense to me how he does that. But, mm -hmm. you know, pu pulling Allen, there was just so much riding on this. And I kept I kept very, very calm for one reason or two, two reasons. One, because I needed to just maintain my focus. But the second was I wanted to maintain that level of respect that he deserves. You know, I'm not going to get up there. I never get up there and yell and scream. I'm the easiest guy to rep. You can ask Bart, Leonard, everybody. Uh, so I, I wanted to just maintain that persona. And like you said in that meeting, people watch arm wrestling, but they don't care a whole lot about arm wrestling. They care about who's arm wrestling. We've got to take a short break there, guys. But please do not go away as we will be back with more from the natural Jamie Sheldon in just a few. Welcome back, guys. We will get straight back into the thick of conversation with tonight's guest, Jamie, the natural Sheldon. One of the things that I wanted to, to ask you, Jamie, was... When the match was announced for a 505 with your friend Jeff Hale mm -hmm. pulling Adam Wilmot, mm -hmm. there was a bit of a reaction from people on social media, and they were saying, "Oh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure that Adam Wilmot is in that that league. You know, uh, I'm not sure he should get that title shot." Yet when you were announced in 504, there wasn't that reaction. So whilst you've got that pressure on yourself, you must feel good. In some respects, that people widely seem to be very much acceptant of the fact that you are an elite level puller in North America. You certainly seem to have established that. When you yeah. look at the roster, and it's quite a, let's be honest, it's quite a roster, mate. I mean, if you look yeah. at that light, there, there's no easy match, is there? Let's be honest. I mean, you mentioned Tom, you mentioned Jeff, you've got Sam Harris, who recently beat Jeff, you've got Tony Katowski two-time or double hammer holder left and right and looks like he was carved out of Zeus's tooth. You've got Janis sure. Amelins, who is, you know, former WAF world champion, ultra-technical, rock-strong in all positions. That It's hard to sort of navigate you, your way through that minefield, isn't it? Let's be honest. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Adam called me um, when he got that match, and I said, good. Now's your opportunity. Like, and Jeff's a good friend of mine. Uh, I talked to Jeff way more than I talked to anybody as far as everybody who's in that, that, that grouping that you just mentioned. Um, mm -hmm. and, I, and all I told Adam was use this opportunity, for one, to redeem yourself because you, you've talked a lot of, about the league. And, hey, this is your pass. 
to go make something happen. Um, and I, you know, and I talked to Jeff too, obviously, but that group, it's crazy. Like when you, I don't, and I don't know anything, obviously nobody tells me anything and I'm not on that, that WAL uh, office uh, fly on the wall. So I, I know nothing, but some people seem to think I do. So they're always asking me who's pulling who, but mm-hmm. let's say it's a Sam versus Tony, which makes the most sense because the former hammer holder versus the current, yeah. that's going to be a good match. And then you have the returning Giannis, who's looks to be a hundred percent, which is scary for everybody. I mean, he looked to be probably better than he's ever been. I'm going to say he looked ridiculous because after watching uh, the Lean Machine yesterday, Tom Holland in action at the Iron Arm event. I mean, scaring super heavyweights, scaring heavyweights to death. Just a powerful individual, you know, six foot three, uh, crazy power, crazy power. He was mixing it up in the hook with super heavyweights and, you know, not bums, strong individuals. And he was right there with them. And yet Giannis right. managed to, to overturn him. So that really right up close and personal enforces the level of that group exactly and in Giannis he's one of the best to ever do it and and some some of the light the light guys that I just mentioned will be that uh, there at some point down the road but Giannis is is and I don't want to say he's he's well yeah he's he's in a class because he's earned it he's in a class above and he's earned it even if he's taken losses before to some of these guys great but I think that's the guy everybody should be chasing now that he's he's 100% back. Nothing against Sam and Tony. Those guys are, are phenomenal, and they, they earned it. Like, Tony, nobody was beating him that year. Mm-hmm. I think they could have shuffled the brackets. He still would have won that. Um, and Sam, he's just been on fire ever since he's, you know, made it into the spotlight. And, and I'm anxious to see any of those matches happen. And, mm-hmm. you know, if, if this finals or, or 406 in Atlanta, 506, sorry, um, if it just focuses on a championship, it's kind of hard to to leave Giannis out. Like, I feel sorry for you and everybody who has to make these matches happen because there's so much talent and there's so many things you can do. And, and you know, you can throw Tom back in the mix. You can throw Jeff in there. And, yeah, I got to win, and I'm looking to, to pull some of these guys again or for the first time. I've never pulled Giannis, and I think if – I mean, geez, just, just an opportunity to hold his hand would be would be epic. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that just amazing talent in this class. I mean, even – uh, Doug, you know, unfortunately he got injured, right? Pulling Tony. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he's probably out. And, so... and, and there are others. I mean, on the, yeah, I think you just said it there, mate. There are others right on the fringe. You've got Patrick Berg. You've got guy. You know. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So many in North America. Never mind. I mean, you can, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can pick five or six names that are, you know, Ezzy Worden's a guy that comes up a lot. There are others. There's so many guys that are. Very, very strong. Greg Gray before he just got hurt. So many guys. I mean, Corey, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Bad man. You know. Oh, so Corey there's, in the mix. Exactly. Yeah, so many guys that are right there. Brandon dies hungry as hell to get a match. So it, it, for yourself, mate, where do you, where would you like to go next? I mean, who, if you look at the current roster or outside the current roster, who do you see as being the next or an, a match you would really like to hit going forward? Well, in recent years, I've finally got a few wins on Corey Miller in the, in the same tournament. So I, I – and Corey's another one. He's like Jeff. He's another friend of mine. But I, yep. I would love to see Corey involved in this thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Brandon Dye is a mini uh, Todd Hutchings, all sideways, and he's strong enough to, to pull through a lot of these guys. Yeah. Um, 
as far as I'm concerned, I would love to pull anybody again. I, I'm feeling the top of my game. I I would love to pull Sam. I got to pull Sam. Uh, of course, I'd have to climb up the ranks and earn that shot. But I pulled Sam at the Arnold Classic many years ago when he was first making a name for himself. And I'm like, wow, this guy. I pulled through his hand, but I was like, this guy's gonna be good one day. And here mm-hmm. he's at, you know, top of the top of the mountain right now. And then uh, I need I need to pull Tony again. He he, you know, embarrassed me at a. WAL two, I think it was 2016. Just, just well, he embarrassed everybody that day, mm-hmm. so I don't feel too bad. I'd like to pull Giannis at some point, whether it's on WAL or, or or elsewhere, just just because he's the Jedi and I'm a huge Star Wars geek and I'm the Sith Lord. <laughs> I think Disney could market that. That would be fun, you know. It's, I'd like to another shot at Tom. I just need to find an arm long enough. I'm usually the tall guy in the class, Neil. So I don't, I don't see that tall, long, hooking arm. It's just it just doesn't. It's just not normal. So I'd yeah, like I need to figure that one out. That would be one of the study. He's he's very similar. It reminds you of sort of a young Kevin Bongard in some respects. That's exactly you know, but, what I tell people. Yeah, but faster. So right. Yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of different styles out there. But if you were to pick one of those guys, Jamie, who would be your your ideal? Wow. Uh, not to put you on the spot or anything, mate. <laughs> no, I love this. I love this. I'd, I'd have to give you a couple <laughs> names, Neil, just for different reasons. And mm-hmm. I, I really want to pull Sam Harris just because I want to see what everybody's been feeling the last couple. I haven't pulled him in five years, I don't think. Wow. Just, just to see what everybody's feeling because I think his style, I might be able to do something a little bit better with than a Tony or a Giannis. But I know it's not going to happen because he's got to pull the finals. I. I love Jeff Hale. We're the Darksiders, but I really want another shot at Jeff Hale because I, I, I'm gonna totally change my direction, and I and I think I can, I can give him something. And he's the super match champ. I mean, he he's been doing this for Arm Wars, your your organizations, and and that's my friend. And he's not gonna scream in my face at the table because because we have that mutual respect for each other. But I would love to pull him again, just because I need to redeem myself from that. So. I'd, I'd have to give you a top three. I'd have to say Sam, Giannis, or Jeff. Just, all just of any, any or all of the above at some point. Or, or any of them. If you call me and tell me to pull uh, just some Joe Blow off the street in Atlanta, I'll show up. I'll be there. <laughs> I know you will, mate. I know you will. And I know, I'll tell you what it is. I, I, I have no doubt whatsoever that people will love to see you back in the World Arm Wrestling League. You did yourself proud. Uh, you behaved like a champion throughout, and you were awesome on the evening, mate. Jamie, I want to say thank you very much for coming on the show, dude. It's been great to catch up with you, as always. Uh, one of mine and one of everybody else's, I think, favourite arm wrestlers out there. And Keep doing what you're doing, mate. You are on a tear at the moment. Great to see you in such top form, mate, and thanks for coming on. Thanks a lot, Neil. Appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, that is all we have time for in tonight's episode. What a fantastic guest, Jamie Sheldon. I want to thank him so much for joining us. You cannot help but love the man from California. And I personally can't wait to see him get back in the mix in the World Arm Wrestling League's lightweight division. I'd like to thank all of you guys for once again tuning in and supporting World Arm Wrestling League this week. And I hope you will do so again, same time, next time, here on the World Arm Wrestling League this week with myself. Neil Pickle. Take it easy, peeps. 
Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and Wagering Week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line.